0: Ghost in full form
1: on it. It's up. Somebody fired up our bureau.
0: Three songs. Three songs. three songs. It's three songs. Three, two, three, three. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. Ghost. Bobby Mike, it's
1: Bobby Mike. Ghost too. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike.
0: Yeah, Ghost. Yeah, you know.
1: Loud,
0: baby, the song. Great the song. All righty, episode 90, Bob Nastanovich, May 19th, yeah, well, May 15th, happy, 2019, how you doing? Great. <laughs>
1: Good. great. Yeah,
0: great. Good. Yeah,
1: great. Yeah, great
0: uh yeah. you're on the back porch the weather's turning yeah oh, it's good.
1: fantastic out here yeah it's, it's it's gonna be hot tomorrow which is gonna be a rule. whatever yeah what are it's you beautiful do? out here tonight and it smells great Um you know it's cut grass and grills and like yeah it's, it's beautiful evening to be outside
0: that's what you want bob Nastanovich, mike Yeah, Hogan.
1: it's, it's week for god's sakes three you know, songs
0: pod Freakness is coming up, and we got some music. We got a lot of music to play tonight. Oh, a lot of
1: music, yeah. to go straight to Egypt for you, my man. All right. Yeah.
0: You brought three that. Well, one of them I know a little bit. The other two I have no idea anything about. So you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to inform me. You're gonna have to carry your weight.
1: Well, some somehow the farfisa worked its way to Egypt in the early '70s, right? And the guy named uh, Hani Mahana, right? He was. In a bunch of egyptian rock bands i guess that's a fun name and to say. uh honey mahana honey yeah, mahana yeah and i guess that at some point all of his uh music was collected um in the last few years into a album called the miracles of the seven dances one, one great thing about music in general is that you know whether you're 12 or 75 okay and I'm not, i haven't gotten to 75 yet but you know people turn you on to things I think that's like you know kind of the point of the show well my buddy Mark Hogan, when I de- DJed with him recently, he brought this record because he bought it and he knew I'd love it. And he was damn right. And uh, I'm gonna play uh, my favorite track off of it, and help me out with the pronunciation here. How would you say that? I think it's a, <laughs> uh, I, racks- I think it's Roxa Arabia. Roxa. Right, Ra-
0: Roxa Arabia. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly I think that's how it's yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Let's, well, let's, let's
1: is, kick it into high gear. This is new
0: for me. Let's start it off right. Honey, 1972.
1: 1972. Ooh,
0: it was a good year. All right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Same age as Sydney. You were. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That is really cool. I love that. Thank, thank you, Mark Hogan. Thank Mark for me, even though we've never met. Yeah, I got my
1: Hogan's. Got my Hogan's. I <laughs> rely on you guys, and a bunch of other people I will talk about on the show to, to like, you know. So,
0: so is that that's Egypt, right?
1: Yeah, Egypt. Yeah, <laughs> I guess he played with a bunch of like Egyptian giants, but like you know, he's a, he's the Egyptian master of the farfisa. You know.
0: Have you ever heard fantastic um, organist or Omar Korshid?
1: Uh, not off the top of my head no. okay
0: uh i'll play you some of him he he's a he's a guitarist he's egyptian actually he was i think he was born in uh maybe he was born in egypt um but he's he played all around the middle east he he uh, unfortunately was killed in a car accident in 1981 but he was a huge in the 70s especially huge um egyptian guitarist and there's a bunch of his stuff has been reissued um I'll play some on a future show. I think you'd dig it. Well, dig
1: apparently it. it was a magical time in Egyptian music. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm I would imag- I'm sure
1: there's great things going on in Egypt right now, but uh, you know, we, we don't hear about them, do we? Right, exactly. Uh, I've I'm, never been to Egypt. Uh,
0: nor have I. Nor have I. Um, I don't know if they played together, but I would imagine they would have run across each other in
1: the 70s. Yeah, I mean, I could actually, like, uh, look it up and things. But, yeah, well, you know, cool. we'll just... Hey, real quick, real quick. Okay, so let's preak this week. Before we get into your... Because uh, now you're going to... I'm going to You're going to stay in the sp- same era. Right? You're going to spotlight a band. I'm going to spotlight, spotlight band. A, band. a band. Sparks.
0: Yeah, I'm going to play some Sparks.
1: Right, from LA. Yep. We're going to Los Angeles. Yep. We're going to the same era as Honey Mahana. Yep. Right? Yep. When they started. I don't that's know true. what era you're going to play.
0: I'm going gonna,
1: I'm gonna uh, to play a few. I'm going to play a few. Spam. Okay, so... Who's your pick in the Preakness? We're not going to like delve too far into it.
0: I honestly haven't really even looked at the at the past performances, to be honest.
1: Okay, that's yeah. fine. Well, always mining is my pick, and I think okay. he's going to win. Okay, and I Good hope he know. does. You know, Kelly Ruble's uh, uh, at least she's a a fantastic trainer, uh, and. Uh, I'm very excited about it. I think I think the odds will be be good, and nice. uh, but whatever, that's all beside the point. Good, that's good my uh, Preakness pick. I think it's an int- very interesting field and a great betting race, which I, you love. I do. You know?
0: I will I will keep that in mind when I look at the race. I will say this: I think it's a wide open race, and so that means by all means you cannot take. The favorite, the Bob Bafford horse at five to two morning line or lower or anybody what is, that. Yeah. yeah. No way.
1: And no War way. of Will, your buddy, War of Will's in there.
0: War of Will's in there. Um I mean it's from I think, the
1: one hole again. He's from the one hole from, again, just for fun. He is he's got a better <laughs> you know. shot from
0: this one hole. Um well we we'll maybe maybe we'll try and do another No, show. but real
1: quick, real quick. Yeah. Okay. And and I'm gonna end the subject on this show for sure. Okay. maybe we'll talk about it next week or whatever. But uh, Saez, 15-day suspension for his Derby ride. Come on. That's insane.
0: A little too much, I think. Um, You know, my expectation is he'll probably appeal it. It will get cut in half. He'll be a week to 10 days. Everybody, yeah, but he shouldn't
1: have. He shouldn't have been suspended at all. If anything, three days. I you mean, know,
0: like, I, I, I understand why. I mean, the logic is it's not that he did anything wrong necessarily because I don't think he did. Yeah, exactly. So that's much the, as that's the point. Well, so much as I mean, I think the the what they're hanging it on is failure to control his mount, um, as opposed to anything intentional or as opposed to anything malicious. Uh, I could see. The failure to control because if the horse is veering out that many lanes, uh, you know, but that said, because it was certainly not intentional, because it was something that he corrected quickly, because for all these other reasons, I would imagine that it will be reduced on appeal. Um, But at the same time, I feel like they had to look. They took 22 minutes to review the race. They took the horse down in the in the Kentucky Derby the first time ever. I feel like the stewards had to hand down some form of ex, of, of suspension. It may be Why? a little bit. Why? Just because I don't know to validate. Oh yeah, exactly. Just
1: because. Just because. to validate. Okay, so their, like you're going to jail for 15 years or you know whatever <laughs> 15 days even though like well. you know you clearly didn't do anything wrong. You
0: know? Well,
1: yeah. I mean you're taking away the guy's livelihood for you know two weeks yeah. and like you know he didn't do anything wrong. And look look one thing about you me and the three stores in kentucky who have worked around and i personally i actually i mean i've worked around him many times Ty- tyler uh, picklesheimer bar borden and the butch guy they were all racing office employees when i when i was there and actually, Barb was the identifier, and I think they're good stewards. Okay, but one thing that's very clear amongst the quintet, which I'm speaking of, is that apparently none of them have ever ridden a racehorse. Okay, yeah. So that, that's all I'm going to say. Okay? okay, so like to suspend that kid, yep, Fair it's enough. like adding insult to injury to me. So that's the end of my opinion. Let's so go. Let's go to Sparks. Okay,
0: let's let's do some Sparks. I'm gonna I'm gonna spotlight Sparks. I'm gonna play three <laughs> songs from them. Uh and they're a band. I mean, I like Sparks. They're not a band that I would consider one of my favorites ever, but they're a band that I've kind of been getting into a little bit more. I've known them for years, and it's funny. You said they're from LA. They are from LA. They actually, um, one of their early members was a guy named Earl Mankey, who, when I grew up in Thousand Oaks, had a recording studio in Thousand Oaks, and when I was in high school, a friend's Band ended up recording at Earl's studio. Um, so when I was young, like 15, 16, 17, like I knew of Sparks and I knew of Earl Mankey in particular. Um, and I met the guy, very nice guy. I was there when my friend's weird recorded, yeah. But like,
1: Uh, under what circumstances would you have met Earl Mankey?
0: Because, uh, because my friend's band recorded at his studio in Thousand Oaks. Oh, cool, yeah. Um, so
1: see you though?
0: Yeah, I mean, he was, you know, I mean, I was a kid and he was, you know, he seemed like he was ancient at that point, but he's probably not that much older. By my age, he's yeah, my exactly. age, probably, you know. Um, but uh, anyhow, um, he was one of the original members. Um, he played guitar on their first record. I think he also, you know, was produced by Todd Rundgren, and it was back, their first record, which I'm going to play a song off. I'm going to start with a song from their first record. <laughs> It was back before they even were called Sparks. They were called Half Nelson. And it was originally released under that name and then shortly thereafter reissued as a Sparks record. Um, Interesting
1: you bring up Todd Rundgren real quick because that's like music that apparently is rather brilliant that he made himself that I completely missed. And he definitely was some sort of genius at twisting the knobs. Yeah. And I don't have his history in front of me, but like, that guy engineered a lot of great r- records and and made a lot of great records. This is one of those things that I have no knowledge of other than like, whoa, Todd Rundgren, whoa.
0: He, he really did, and um, I'll like play some. Like a cooler
1: some. version of like Rick Ocasek or something. Oh, like.
0: absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know a few. Yeah. I'm sure you know a few of his songs. You know Hello, It's Me. Probably the big ones, just like Sparks.
1: Like yeah. I the huge ones. Yeah,
0: um, and I Saw the Light. Um, there's a few that I know you know. <laughs> I guarantee you know. Um. That well, was just
1: like too into hardcore when I should have been like you know listening to that. His
0: first band, the Naz, was fantastic power pop band. Yeah, I'll,
1: well you you well, you well you you know we'll play that at a later date. You I'll know, play that a later date. Anyway, you know, turn me on to the sir. I, I
0: will I will get and you like, some Rungrin. But uh, Sparks was was the brothers male, uh, Ron male and Russell male um, the male boys for the most part. So uh, here you go. This is from their first record, 1971, Half Nelson. They kind of called it art rock, um, and, and I can see that. I mean, and they progressed over the years. Um, tell me tell me if you think when you hear this song, uh, and I've never heard them mentioned as uh, an influence, but I, I hear this song, you know who I think?
1: Oh, I think you t- tell me afterwards.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you before because I want you to listen to it in the context of. To me, this sounds like a precursor to the tall, tall dwarfs.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. This is nineteen. Interesting. This is Pretty nineteen
0: seventy-one. Obviously, the tall dwarfs were thousands of miles away and uh, in in years away, but. Um, Uh, Funny enough, this song is called Roger. Well, it
1: would have been like Toy Love, I guess, or something. I
0: guess, yeah. This is 1971. Um, The song's called Roger. Roger, of course, was the name of the founder of Flying Nun Records. I think there's there's obviously no connection at all. But great guy. I I find it. Great guy
1: too. Roger's a great guy. Yeah. Uh,
0: Anyway, check this one out. I think you'll like it. Sparks, when they were called Half Nelson, from their first record. I don't know, Bob. You hear it? Am I crazy? You hear a little toy? No,
1: I can definitely see the uh, connection there for sure. But <laughs> I, again, I, who would know? I see your point, was... but like, you got to think about that band who were, you know, playing music in the late '60s and the early '70s, and that's some of the chaos that you just brought us. And like, yeah. I think what they were trying to do, and they did it well, is that they were trying to be relentlessly original.
0: Right, right.
1: Okay, and- I think I think they they kind of like they were bored with whatever was like in front of them, and they just wanted to do something that was you know that guarantee they were very talented people, and the male brothers and and uh, I mean it, but it's just like they they definitely it's I mean I would classify it as new way, but just like <clears throat> without they didn't really I don't think they really cared too much about. Anything other than entertaining themselves—that's all I can gather from that one track.
0: Well, that was that was new wave from nineteen seventy-one. I mean, there wasn't even a term for it back then. I mean,
1: exactly—it's like a rejection of like uh, what was it like? It must have been like it had to been like folky, like you know, it's like some sort of anti-folk.
0: You know, I I think that at the time they were probably lumped in with a lot of the other art rock (laughs) artists like Zappa and maybe even Captain Beefheart. But there was a pop sensibility to Sparks, and just a catchiness that I don't think anybody else in that kind of art rock vein. And even later, you know, slightly later, a couple of years later, and, and the next song I'm going to play is from '74, so it's very contemporary to this, and it's it's even I think on the same label. Um, but there was similarities to Roxy Music in a way, um, from an art rock perspective. Uh, but they just sounded unlike any of those bands they just sort of sounded like they were on their own planet or their own island at least
1: well from hearing the one i think like uh television personalities as much as yeah anything else yeah i
0: mean they they just had this kind of twisted perspective of what sounded good at a time when nobody else was really thinking in those terms, at least as far as I know. Um,
1: in this country, in this yeah. country.
0: And it's, it's, I mean. Or at least that, on the West Coast. That was an LA band, you know, <laughs> that sounds. Yeah, like, and
1: that's what I'm saying. They sound like, uh, they sound like they shoved be from Europe.
0: Yeah. And I think they first had their, their initial success more so in Europe for sure. Um, wow, that they, happens to a lot of great bands. They could not find an audience here at all. Um, so I'm going to jump ahead a few years. This is, this is from, uh, they so are too cool, man. Yeah, I know. Too cool. This is from their fourth record Kimono, my house, which, um, you know, I like I mean, that title. Yeah. Even, even their, their album covers, you know, and their album titles were a bit of an, a, like a joke and like silliness, silly song titles, silly album titles, but the songs were really good, and this is um, this is Amateur Hour from that one, 1974. Uh, you know, think about what else was going on in 74, you know, like the beginnings of proto-punk, you've got the Roxy music stuff going on, you've got Zeppelin, um, and you know, Sparks was dropping oh, Pink this. Floyd, big time. Pink, Pink Floyd, Floyd for time. sure. And Sparks was dropping this, this is Amateur Hour. Here you go. sparks
1: yeah that one was uh i dug the first one more yeah that's beside the point okay yeah that's fair yeah uh well i thought that one was like uh, you know when like um it's happened to all of us when a, a band kind of loves their little groove a little too much i thought i thought that that was just like f- extremely repetitive it you know it was just, like do something else you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a i hear you i mean there was like there's like how many times did like, of you know, like, I would think you get bored with that if you're playing live and you're just, like, doing the same thing. Maybe it feels so good to play, like, a groove that you found. I don't know. Yeah. Who
0: knows? Yeah. I don't know. It's just a fun Anyways, fun I thought song. it was really
1: cool for, like, until they just, like, whatever. That's all beside the point. I'm going to uh, sneak one in on you.
0: Okay. Sneak it I in. I feel like
1: it's a, and, gonna, and this is a Canadian guy that had not even uh, reached the age of 30 yet. Yeah. Yeah. He re- relocated to L.A. at some point. So, you know, I guess it's fits connection. with the, yeah. the vibe. And again, back to my point, like uh, my buddy, my, my dear friend, uh, Lucy Arnell, um, is, is good friends with Mac DeMarco. And she's uh, playing guitar. She's about to start a, tu- a tour uh, with his band. And uh, she's playing guitar. And she's very excited about it. But she kind of like, I've, I've seen the name like you for years and like, you know, Irresponsibly, he hadn't really listened to it, and you know, Lucy is good friends with him, and 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 she chose this song. This is her favorite one. Okay, and this is off his 2012. He lived in, I think he was born in British Columbia. He lived in Edmonton for a while, and like moved to Montreal, and then then he, I guess he headed down to L.A. at some point. A very interesting character. He's a law unto himself. He's a uh, apparently. A tremendous personality wow and uh i mean he's he's out there and, all over uh, canada I, I, I don't really even know like uh but and i've only listened to like 10 songs and i like this one a lot it's called freaking out the neighborhood it's off his album two not to be confused with 703 <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay.
1: but that's the second album and it's called freaking out the neighborhood
0: okay I know. So, I've definitely heard of him and heard some of his stuff. Uh, that was like a little mellower and more straightforward. You, I was expecting weirder. That almost. Well, re- I think
1: it gets weirder, but again, like I haven't listened to too much of it. But I'm delving in now. Okay.
0: Right? That almost. Re- you and know what? Uh, it almost reminded me of, um, at least, vibe-wise. It almost reminded me of Al Stewart.
1: Well, fair enough. I mean, like how does a Canadian kid, I, I guess at in, some point he just like falls deeply in love with that surf rock. Like, yeah. You know, and that, surf guitar.
0: I don't mean that as a negative. Cause I like Al Stewart. No, no, I no. Think, that's I, a, that, that Al Stewart wrote some fantastic songs. Uh, yeah. But I, yeah, I like that. That was, that was cool. I like the, you know, well, obviously the, the guitar kind of carried that song.
1: Yeah. It's like, you know, it's a nice riff. Yeah. And, uh, i like the the words you know and like you know keep in mind like you don't freak out your neighborhood but i do
0: <laughs> you know yeah that's true but, uh yeah
1: and so just goes you know my my goes. sidekick you know, Sydney's <laughs> your sidekick you guys are a little quiet now so yeah anyways mac demarco and like hopefully he'll come around these parts because i sure would like to see him live because the live show is supposed to be a real whale of a show. He's, so, anyways, I, back to Sparks. I Let's know he's keep playing, it in L.A. I yeah. think Demarco was born in like ninety. Ninety. Well, this
0: is this. I'll go back to Sparks. This is even before he was born. Uh, we'll jump ahead. I think this is like the eleventh album. At some point in the se- late seventies, they got hooked up with Giorgio Moroder. And one of the things that I've always liked about Sparks is throughout their whole career, it seems like they're kind of reinventing themselves. You know, they, they adopt new music styles. They're willing to take risks. They're willing to work with different producers. And so they got much more electronic. Um, And, and their, their album, uh, number one,
1: this is the era, the era that I'm more familiar with. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, what, like, so when you think of sparks, what do you think of?
1: I think of like, a, like some sort of like yeah, you know, technoy like new wave band.
0: Okay, yeah. So their album number one in heaven, uh, nineteen seventy nine. But well,
1: that's not fair either, because like you know, again, my knowledge is so limited. Like that, maybe knowing three MTV hits. That's
0: okay. I don't. I don't mean to like do it in a negative standpoint or put you on the spot or anything like that. But no, that's a cool. Album, um, I just
1: like it's zero knowledge, basically.
0: Nineteen seventy nine, number one in heaven is is a really good record. Number one song in heaven uh, from that record, absolutely fantastic. I'm gonna actually jump ahead though to 1982 and play the title track off of "Angst in My Pants." Um, this is a great record. In and out, you know, and this is there let maybe what's it called? There- "Angst in My Pants." "Angst in My Pants." Um, 1982, their 11th record, they'd been a band for like 12 years, you know, and and it sounds nothing like their early stuff, you know, and they're, but there's still, there's that kind of twisted pop sensibility that still shines through. So this is the, the title track. Well, the,
1: Go ahead. The, when you make records, like, it is like a different band every time, even if it's the same personnel. Because, like, you don't want to, it- Unless you're just, like, being lazy, you don't want to keep making the same record over and over again. Right. That's like a cash grab, okay? So these guys, like, were never going to do that because, like, when they started, it seemed like, at least the first track he played, they wanted to always be original.
0: They were too weird to make the same record over and over
1: again. Yeah, it just Yeah, yeah. Or, Or maybe, like, maybe, like, it could be a success thing, but they yeah. did have some, they did have some success. They did. Yeah. There's, there's no, no doubt about the fact they've made like a, you know, a pretty serious living off this band, like at, at some stage.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But, and I think they've been lately, they've been rediscovered, I think a lot by the younger generation. Um, I, more and more, I see people talking about Sparks. I don't know if they've put out anything recently, but, um, they're, they're, because yeah, my generation
1: stuff. and your generation kind of skipped them.
0: I think so. Absolutely.
1: We discarded them, like, as just being like, and, you know, again, this is like the advent of MTV. That's our generation.
0: And, in, and they were like a joke. I thought of them as like sort of a joke, almost a joke band. Um,
1: I just like lumped them in with like Heaven 17 and like, yeah, you know, whatever. Like, it was yeah. just like something that, like, uh, wasn't like, na- like nasty enough for right. me. Right, you know? right. Could right. be like you know, for for sure. But anyways, play play the track.
0: Here man. you go, angst in my pants. Fantastic. 19, 1982.
2: I hope it doesn't show. It'll go away. It's just a passing phase. It'll go away. things on yellow pads and so, so no one knows what you just said But when you're all alone, you and your head What's the computer say? It's molded now it's history, Joe. It says it's joke it's filled it out and you
0: A little more electronic, but still, I I don't know, like, and certainly dancier, but, um, not new wave in the same way that, like, Depeche
1: Mode or Yeah. No, no, they weren't, they were going for the cash grab. Yeah. And, and it's uh, just
0: still that weird.
1: And they weren't pretty. They weren't pretty. They like, were not uh, pretty. I think, it, yeah, Ron Mail was out there. I mean, like, yeah. And yeah. I think, it, I think they fell in love, seriously fell in love with, um, you know, the technology of the time, 70s and 80s, like, you know, synthesizers, you know, like, yeah. <clears throat> these were new new things, like, <clears throat> right. when right. I mean, you think of synthesizers, you think of the Roland, right? The Roland. Mm-hmm. Like, we started off the show with the Farfisa, I didn't know this would be all about weird keyboard noises tonight, <laughs> but here we go. Um, here we be. I mean, that must have been, like, a Roland, right? I uh, guess so.
0: I don't know. Yeah, um, then it
1: seems like the guy. Uh, I don't know, but it seems like the guy completely fell in love with it. Ron, one of the Ron, Mayers, Ron,
0: yeah, he was the he was the. He's listed
1: here as the key- keyboardist, yeah. like, and Russell. It was the, the singer. singer. One, Russell was the main singer. Yep,
0: Russell was a singer. Ron was the keyboardist, uh, and they co-wrote. mean keep in so.
1: mind these guys are like in their early seventies, and they're still rocking the house. Yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean. Look, that that first song I played came out when I was born. So I don't know how old they were, but I gotta imagine they were at least in their twenties. So yeah,
1: do the yeah. math. I Maybe mean, think about it though. that if you're gonna be like, you know, playing music in your seventies, God bless the synthesizer. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Lord knows, like uh, you can always work your way around that thing. Right. But that did not sound like a moog to me. No. It was like, or a moog. No. But, uh, um, anyways, I'll slip in one. I'll slip in one, and then you end the show. Great well, show tonight. I,
0: I got, I got two because you jumped, you jumped it. Remember, you jumped it with Mac. So I, I got, uh, I got another one before you do one, and then I end the show. So I'm gonna, I'll slip this one in. Oh,
1: yeah, that's fine. you slip slipping in all, all night. You know. Curtis, Curtis you've got, Harding. you got angst in your pants.
0: I've got angst in my pants. Have you, have you ever <laughs> yeah. heard of uh, Curtis Harding? Curtis Harding. I
1: mean, only because you mentioned him at the intro of the show.
0: Soul dude, current soul dude. Uh, my buddy Silas McCoy turned me on to him. He's released a couple records. This is from his recent one. In, Hold it real quick. Who turned you on to him? Uh, a friend of mine named Silas McCoy.
1: Silas. Let's sip our caps yeah to Silas. Silas.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: That's your uh Lisa Arnell, your Lisa burner your Mark Hogan.
0: That's right. You know? yeah. Um so uh so yeah, uh um, We get like people
1: so, gotta turn us on to cool stuff.
0: Right. You know? Exactly. From from two thousand seventeen, the album Face Your Fear, this is a song called Till the End, Curtis Harding.
3: You best remember everything that, that we did together. If we can work it out, yeah, yeah. Girl, wow. there is no doubt. No, I've had some doubt. That we can be together still to the end. That would be nice. Cause you're my This baby that we made. I'm tired of breaking shit. And it would be a crime to let it still our peace of mind. I know our debt to love has been paid. I paid that because 'Cause you're mine.
0: song was recorded in 2017 it sounds like it was recorded 50 years earlier
1: exactly there's no way that he's not good live yeah and there's no way there's <laughs> and no way okay so like i mean are you and no picking matter, up on no, on where you see him indoors outdoors small large wherever right. there's no way you know right and like he's like a, exactly like you're saying i think he's, he's probably like how old do you think that guy is uh
0: 30s early 30s i would guess
1: yeah i mean like he's like a Sounds like a seven-year-old, you yeah. know, like, a, in a great way, in a yeah. great way, you
4: know. Yeah. Uh,
1: but seems like a, one of those people that that is, you know, brilliantly talented, and I'd like to d- see him live. And the you
0: know? humor, the humor, were you picking up on, like, the little... uh Side the, vocal, bar. The,
1: the lyric nuances, yeah, or the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the, the little backing. He's a cl- vocal clever lad, you know. Side. Next time I'm hanging out with Tony, I hope he's up next. I'll, <laughs> I'll uh, make sure that I uh, get us a couple of beers and and, and watch uh, Mr. Harding rock and roll.
0: Play him you know? some Curtis Harding, yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought I thought you might like that one. Nice, nice, lighten it up a little bit. Uh, fun well,
1: no, I'll keep it real light, okay. okay. And, Good, because uh, I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna bring yes. it down at the end.
1: <laughs> I'm that, sorry, that's what we do. Yeah. Okay. We're not selfish. It's just what we do. That's okay. okay. So, uh, about a month ago, maybe a little less, uh, a, a band I played on the show before, Priest, who I really love, great band from Washington DC. Yeah, they
0: just put out new. Albums, they were playing
1: they? here. Yeah. Yeah. And I would. I would. I, I saw. Oh, so. Uh, so I went and saw them play with WIT.
0: Uh-huh.
1: They're playing on a Monday night here, which is deadly in Des Moines, you know. And uh, so we go, we're you know, we're excited. I'm like, Wit, we gotta go to this, we gotta go to this. this is a great band, great band, you know. And we go down there and we walk in and the opening band's playing. And we you know, we we got ourselves a beer and went to the front row and they were fantastic. There's a band called Gur. Okay. And uh, I said, I said, Wit, we got to support them. And like, all they had was a cassette cause they'd sold out of their records or something. And, and Whit bought a cassette and I've been listening to it. It's uh extremely poppy sort of like in the, it sort of reminds me of lush. Like uh, the recording I have, including the re- rec- recording of this song, which is on their 2019 album. So I guess put out the last 60 to 90. Um, it's called, she says, and, uh, the song is called Zeus so I, so i looked in i looked into it. that's too late in german there uh it's the there's a lead singer and a, the guitar player is fantastic like really great guitar player and the singer's great too and two dudes that are the rhythm section and they just they're just really fun to watch and uh you know later i found out that they're uh german and they met in school in berlin and where they studied like north american studies so most of their lyrics are in english like there's no way like after seeing them that i would have thought that they were foreign and uh was very interesting but this song is uh i think it's got a mix of like german and american lyrics or german and english lyrics and uh this is uh called zeus bat off the album uh she says the band gurr g-u-r-r
0: I like that. They remind me of Betty Severe a little.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like uh, the, that guitar is like kind of takes me back to like early Cure. Yeah. Anyways, that's yeah. Andrea Casablanca and uh, Laura Lee, and it's says jus spate which means uh, "too late" in German.
0: Do you know how many records they have?
1: I'd say like three. You know.
0: Okay, so they've been around for a little while.
1: Yeah, they've been around for you know five years. Okay, that, that one's up there. And you know, again, it's like uh, at least the one I've listened to heavily is is the (laughs) recent one. She says, and uh, it's it's very poppy. It's like you know, I hate to use the word infectious, you know, but like kind of takes me back to that kind of like era of like um, lush. Remember that band Lush? Oh yeah, like that kind of it's it's like shoegazy, but they're not shoegazy. Like uh, they're definitely a band that. is very comfortable with the live aspect. They've definitely done a lot of shows where they've they've got a lot of panache, a lot of panache. Okay, so I like that. Ghost gets involved. He likes them too. Go- yeah. Ghost yeah, clearly well, ghost likes him. Called yeah. <laughs> What's up, big? You all right, big? Yeah, it's good. You all right? Cut. Oh, bring it on. What do you got?
0: Uh, so I'm gonna play. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a, an artist that I've played before. Um, I played her cool. last year episode 74 in June prior, just prior to our taking a little break, a five month break. Um, I played a song from Sarah, Sarah, Mary Chadwick
1: from paternity leave.
0: Yes. Prior to the paternity leave. Um, I played a song from sugar still melts in the rain. She's an Australian artist. She's from Melbourne. I think we talked about her. Oh yes. Um, and, uh, she just came out with a brand new record last month. Um, came out less than a month ago. April 19th was the release date. You can buy it on Bandcamp. Um, It's20 dollars for blue vinyl uh, and this is a record that has it's just kind of gotten under my skin like this is this is this record really as much as I love sugar still melts in the rain. I think this one's as good, if not better, and this the
1: story. Are you commuting again, real quick, Mike? Are you commuting again? Of course, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I'm yeah, listening.
1: Like the, yeah. And
0: this is this is a record. This is just her, and a
4: huge,
0: hundred and forty-seven-year-old grand Oregon that was originally oh, built in 1872 uh, from from uh, the Melbourne Town Hall. So she was commissioned by Melbourne City Council to make a new record using Yeah, using that organ. And so it's just her and this organ. And even though it's a really Go on
1: Sarah Mary, it's all about the keys tonight, my friend. Yeah,
0: even though it's a really ancient instrument, like she makes it still sound current and her own. Um so anyway, the, the album is called The Queen Who Stole the Sky. Yeah.
1: yeah. Right you know, now we're freaking out the neighborhood. We're
0: freaking out the neighborhood. And I'm going to play... Can
1: the, the. Can you hear the G? I
0: can hear the G. Oh, yeah, he's...
1: live G. He's freaking he's, out the neighborhood.
0: Yeah, Ghost's going off. Ghost yeah. is... uh, He's getting excited.
1: Well, I guess he wants to hear another Mac DeMarcus. Yeah. Who knows?
0: Um, <laughs> anyway, title track, The Queen Who Stole the Sky, 2019, Sarah Mary Chadwick... Uh, it's a heavy one but it's just beautiful at the same time and listen Perfect. to the organ listen to how beautiful this organ sounds 147 years old
1: it you better go. sound great mike that's a hell of a hell of a build build up
0: <laughs> well i hope you yes. like it as much as i do um <laughs> yes. but it's uh i'm telling you it's 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 not easy listening it's it's pretty intense stuff so here you go
1: bring it on
5: and i'm waiting in the See what winter brings Cause the mornings always sting And I need something to wait for And I'm fighting back the tears I've been fighting them for years But I think I can hold on At least for a little longer There's always something lost and there's no time to make it right. I'm rolling with my wounds into the night and giving My body it vibrates As these phrases I relate I'm always somewhere on the brink Between living and the drink It's like a fabric made of sky The moment before you die But I guess that's just a life And I better start living mine Cause there's no reason I can't wear a dress made out of sky Sometimes stormy, sometimes blue and bright Except family So deep, so plain And sometimes there will be tears I'll have good years and bad years I'll have friends and have no friends Loves will start and loves will end And if there is a God I'd like to thank them for my time I have had fun No matter how it seems I mean, that
0: well, uh, <laughs> you go I'm somewhat speechless, to be honest.
1: Okay, well, I thought that was rather funereal.
0: Yeah, well, it's it, it is it is. I mean, there's a huge like some gravitas lending uh, from that organ lending to that song. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty pretty heavy stuff. I think.
1: Yeah. Anyways, as hinted by Three Songs podcast, the new Purple Mountains twelve inch "All My Happiness Is Gone" has been released.
0: Have you heard as
1: it? The well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've had the album for months. You know, it's okay. a good album, and uh, and I had it when we did the one podcast about it. You know, and I could have played a song that got in real trouble. I guess <laughs> that was just an option that I didn't tap into, but because uh, I thought that that was the that, those were the instructions I had. So that's all beside the point. Also, more importantly, or similarly importantly, Brokership Records has a new release from the band Post Pink. Aha, uh-huh. seven-inch EP. There's only five hundred of them. There's a thousand of those. All my happiness is gone. And I think so. They're probably gone. But but yeah, uh, the new Post pink i'm gonna mail you one in fact you need the entire recent brokerage tip catalog
0: too which is these yeah really the on
1: seven inch the odd pet seven inch yeah. and the post pink seven inch i promise i get that to you in the next five days hook me up media mail my friend yeah hook you up all mm-hmm. kinds of stickers and stuff i'll put in there right because we're a label without a website because i just or a facebook page or anything like that like i just send the records to the bands and like you tell them i'll keep a hundred and i'll in fact, I got to go down to the record store here and give them a few, you know. Uh, or we obviously, should, uh, like uh, we should band camp a it up. Professional record label, like uh, in fact, Little Brother would be far more professional during their prime. Your label,
0: we should do. We should do a Little Brother uh, broker's tip band camp collaboration. Yeah, but
1: that, that, that's what, exactly what we should do. Yeah. Yes, I think do that's it. a great idea. I think that's a great idea, and, and we should do it. So, All right, uh, let's do it. We'll figure that out in the next uh, thirty days. We'll make that a priority in the next thirty days, Fantastic. just so like uh, we can hook people up with the music that um, we were lucky enough to put out
0: by the middle okay, of was, June.
1: Yes, yes, deal. So we we'll, thats a target date. We have a promise here. So, <laughs> anyways, great podcast. I really enjoyed your tunes tonight. Thank and like,
0: you. Uh, Same with yours. And they were—they were, uh, they were uh, enlightening.
1: I didn't realize that mine were going to be so like. Surfy, that's okay. Like, but like, and like, you know. I, keep in mind, when I sit on my back deck, I feel like sometimes I'm on the, like the back of like a uh, a nice ship, you know. Despite the fact there's just like you know, grass, nice grass, and like you know, plants out there and stuff like that. But, anyways, it, it felt rather nautical on my end, and I appreciate you like uh bringing me back down to earth. Of course, you know, and really, really enjoyed the listen. And uh, we'll talk soon. It's so, uh, Preakness, yeah, uh, you yes. got to say the form. Yeah, yeah. always minding a win that.
0: So. All right. Well, good. good. Thanks yeah. for the tip. I'll take a look and uh, I'll let you know my thoughts. But uh, yeah,
1: text me your thoughts. Text me your thoughts, and we'll do a podcast here in the next uh, maybe uh, next week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Just, Thanks yeah. everyone for listening. We'll do this again soon.
1: All right.